Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. The wife of a policeman once said, I sleep alone so that you can sleep safe. And if you think about it, we really do take this safety for granted. Imagine living in a society without police, without first responders, without soldiers. How safe would we sleep then? If we can even sleep at all, that is. Anyways, this episode outlines the tragic story of a fallen hero who lost his life protecting and serving the beautiful city that he loved. I hope you enjoy this episode, and please remember, support the ones who keep us safe, even while we're sleeping. Hey guys, welcome to Talk Murder to Me. Today we have a taco special for our supporter, great friend, and taco supremo, Shannon, a.k.a. Chevette. So I thought it'd be really cool if we just gave her a call and have her on the podcast. You know, why not? Can you hear me, Shannon? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, sweet. Are you at work? No, I'm in my room. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, are you still doing the um, paint the blind bar stuff? The painting? Um. Right now we're not. We haven't done it in a while because it was really popular at first and then nobody started coming. <laughs> oh, that's that's lame. We should do a session. It is really lame. Guys, we should do a session after our show. <laughs> oh, my God. A what? Disaster. Yeah. What, is it? what is it? Shannon is an artist and she did the paint, the paint, wine and paint. Wait. Oh. How did we not know that you were an artist before just now? Yeah, we've been looking for an artist, but... Not that good, but <laughs> can you design things? I, I dabble. That's what was that? Do you do you like design things? Like what do you what kind of art stuff do you do? Well, I like to paint. I did graphics for high school in the Vogue. So I was trying to think up shirt designs for you guys because I know how to do that stuff. <gasps> we we, we might need your help. Well, yeah, we've we... got ideas. You know, but we just can't translate them. I like I I have tried to figure out how to use like Photoshop and but I I just I can't. I don't understand it at all. At all. I love Photoshop. So if you guys have ideas that like you just kinda want made, like visualized, I could try to do it. Sweet. That would <laughs> yeah. be so awesome. Yeah, we'd need someone like that on our team. Yeah. I got you. Yay! Well, that was productive. So that was helpful. <laughs> We were like struggling really hard there. All right, thanks so. for calling. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Good meeting. <laughs> hey, Shannon. So this story is very depressing. It's Thank you. So <laughs> sad. We just passed yeah. the one year anniversary of yeah. it. Yeah. When you first posted the story, I saw it, and I actually researched it for a few hours the first time you posted it. And then I was like, you know what? I I can't do this just now. It's just too. I don't know. Too sad. Too sad, yeah. And, you know, we're kind of in a gloomy mood today, I guess, because it was been so rainy in Charleston that I figured this is, like, the perfect time to do a story like this, you know? To get all depressed. (laughs) I've already been like that all day, so John was like, it's a depressing story. I was like, perfect, I'm in the right mood for it. Great, let's go. (laughs) No jokes to be had. Uh, I only drank a cup full of tequila today. It's fine. Let's it's fine. Well get ready to sob. 
Oh, no. Oh, my God. I am a crier. Oh, yeah, guys. We have uh, some new tacos that we should shout out. Oh, yeah. This is an episode. I forgot. We're not just Whoa. talking to Shannon. Tony left us a very nice Facebook recommendation. He did. Today. Hey, Tony, can you send us some cheese curds? What are they calling the cheese heads? It's so weird. Because they have cheese, cheese. there. So dairy state. Oh, my gosh. When we were at home, there's this place called DNB Burgers. It's so good. And they have poutine and they put the cheese curds on. It's so effing good. So Tony says, maybe it's the millennial me, but I love listening to these guys each week. Three friends having some drinks and talking about murder. They are hilarious, relatable, even if John did recently insult my Christian denomination, Pentecostal. Keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> oh Best God. true crime podcast I out there. Knew that was going to happen eventually. <laughs> of course. But hey, he's still a fan. Thanks, yeah. Tony. Appreciate uh. you. And also welcome Presley, another new small taco who has joined us. Welcome, Presley. Welcome. And last but certainly not least, Taco Supremo, Danielle. Konnichiwa, Danielle. Thank you for the Japanese snacks, except those shrimp ones took a bad turn in my mind. Yeah, there was also the last thing that we tried that we couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. Um, I didn't get any of the avocado snacks because John ate them all. Those avocado things were amazing. John did not let me eat Yeah, John didn't share those. Also, the drinks were delicious. Yeah, that was the best sparkling seltzer, spike seltzer Ever. And the chocolate crackers. Both the Teddy Graham ones and the other cookie the ones, ones were delicious. Yeah, so good. So if you want to send some our way, P.O. Box 257, Isle of Homs, South Carolina, 29. I don't remember the last numbers, but I do know that we changed our address. Because I put the wrong address on someone's return thing and John got upset because I didn't put the four correctly. I made a mess of the four. Before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to... All of our Iowans, 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 Megan out there in Iowa, keeping it down for us. Something came across my newsfeed today and I thought, how? And Nicole uh-huh. and Sam. We have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nicole and Sam. As Nicole well. and Sam. And Laura. Megan, Nicole, Sam. Laura. And Laura mm-hmm. from Iowa. Your news is infiltrating my newsfeed. Anyway, this is from Q13 Fox local station up there remains found behind grocery store cooler id'd as those of worker missing 10 years ago oh my god now this is not a murder at all here's the picture of this guy this is just kind of sad oh oh no so what happened to him though all right so this is in council bluffs iowa Workers that were removing shelves and coolers from a former no-frills supermarket in Council Bluffs, Iowa, in January discovered a body behind one of them. Okay, the remains were identified as Larry Ellie Murello Moncado, a former employee. The employees, they would go into the break room or the back room, and they would climb on these really tall coolers. Now, Mm -hmm. this isn't a murder. Anyway... They would climb on these really tall coolers to Mm -hmm. take like an unofficial break Mm -hmm. because no one can see them up there. Right. Well, there's this little space in the back. It's an 18 inch gap in the back corner of the wall. And he fell down there (gasps) and he was trapped. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The cooler's compressor, the noise from the cooler's compressor may have concealed any attempts for him calling for help. Oh, my goodness. They couldn't. He literally... I mean, they they didn't even notice the stench or anything. Well, he was like he's like bones back there now. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? That sounds like that sounds like the um the what happened in Super Show. Remember in the 
um, the, oh, yeah. the, the guy who's yeah. dead. They thought that skeleton was Yeah. Dead. <laughs> but fun fact, well not really fun fact, something similar happened. Morbid fact. <laughs> something similar happened in one of the one of the uh stores in my region back home that a guy was working overnight and he had a heart attack in the cooler. He was working the, the cooler dairy load and he had a heart attack in there. Or was it the freezer? It wasn't That's in one of my bad. clubs, but he had a heart attack in one of those. No one knew that. No one knew to look for him, and he was like, you know, he was frozen. He was like, yeah, he was cool. Like he was kept in the coolers. So no one like knew. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. All right, Shannon, where should I start this mess at? Um, you can start with the morning of, and then we can kind of dip into his history. I think the morning of the. Uh... The one, the killer yeah. or the the victim? The morning that this all happened, it was July 17th, I believe. Yeah. I might be wrong. Uh, no, yeah. you're, you're really close, actually. It was uh, the early morning of July 15th. So oh, okay. We're going to July 14th, the early morning of July 15th. Mm-hmm. 2018. 2018. So this was uh, almost a year ago. We just missed the anniversary. Mm-hmm. 7.32 a.m., on July 15th, 2018, the Weymouth PD receives a call concerning an erratic driver in the area of the South Shore Hospital. Now, this driver mm-hmm. is driving a white BMW. Road workers around the same time actually saw him just, and I don't really know the area right by the South. It's on uh, Route 85, I believe. Is that what it's called? Oh, um. Route 18. It's route 18, right off the yeah. highway. Route 18. Oh, Route 18. If you can you can take Route 18 straight to New Bedford. Jen, do you know where the the South Shore Hospital is by any chance? No, I don't. It's, um, yes. You do? Oh, Jen. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You take 16B instead of 16A and you get taken straight to that intersection. Oh, okay, so it's all... Okay, okay. Gotcha. All right, so this is in the area of the South Shore Hospital. A call comes in. Uh, a white BMW and also roadside workers witness the same thing. Driving in and out of traffic, Route 18, over 80 miles an hour, weaving in and out of traffic. On 18? Yeah. Shit. Is that pretty bad on 18? 18's a two-lane highway, yeah. Yeah. So. No, like one lane on each side. The one-lane highway. It's more appropriate. It's like a street. Yeah, in this particular stretch, though, there were two lanes on each side. But he was coming from the road that was only one lane each way. Okay, okay, got it. Weymouth controlled A34. A34. Caller reports an erratic operator, Route 18 North. Should be coming up to the hospital. A late model white BMW sedan. Crossing the yellow line and speeding. The driver actually hits another car. Weymouth controlled 835. They're now in an accident. Man in Columbia. Fire alarm, we're clear. Police matter. 35's out. We're quite a crowd here. Now this is where Mm -hmm. things start going down very fast. Okay. He hits another car right by the South Shore exit. South Shore Hospital, excuse me. Mm Mm-hmm. He gets out of the car. He goes up to the window of the car he just hit, and he knocks on the window. The motorist driving the other car. The, of he, the one he just hit? Yeah, the one he just hit. You know, rolls down his window or whatever, still in shock. 
And this guy apologizes. And as soon as he apologizes, he runs. He just takes off and hmm. runs. The it, driver or the, the other driver? One? The driver that actually was driving the white erratically. BMW. Okay. Yeah, erratically. All right. So the operator of the uh, BMW fled on foot somewhere in behind the parking garage. Six November Echo Juliet 10. Send a record for that. Six NEJ 10. Now, huh. you have at this point all the police chatter, these police are going to the scene and they know, okay, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. May, I mean, I don't know what you guys, how you guys do it in Boston, but this guy probably ain't drunk, right? You guys get drunk at 8 a.m.? Well, I mean, it still could be if it's an alcoholic or someone on yeah, drugs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so maybe he's on drugs. Anyway, there's all these officers dispatched to that location and they they basically give chase on foot to this guy. Are you still with me, Shannon? Everything I say is okay so far? Yeah, everything is good. And around 8 o'clock, the person who I believe you're about to mention, he was just about to get off his shift. All right. Yeah, I'm about to get into that. The suspect, uh, the runner, the driver, his name was Emmanuel Lopes. And I'm going to get into him later. Okay. But that's his name. So he goes running off around the Burton Terrace area. Now, I don't know the little subdivisions and in and outs, but... He's running back that direction, back towards Rustic from here. He goes running through those little subdivisions, and an officer, Michael Chesna, so he was getting off his shift, like Shannon said. Not only that, but the next day, if this wouldn't have happened, he would have hit six years in the Weymouth Police Department. Oh, no. So he goes Mm -hmm. running after this Emmanuel Lopes, and what he witnesses and what the other police witness is this guy, he takes a rock and he throws it into a window of a random house. Okay. And the guy, the guy is actually sitting there and it goes through his kitchen. Now he comes outside and he witnesses this whole encounter going down. But Michael Chesna, the police officer, he goes up to Emmanuel Lopes and he doesn't raise his weapon, but he has it kind of pointed at the ground. He has it unholstered and kind of pointed, you know, yeah, in the... Like, like ready. ready to go. Ready to go, but he's not pointing it at the man. Right. It's like down, but yeah. in position. This guy, Emmanuel Lopes, had picked up a... I'll show you a picture of it in a minute, but it's a decorative stone. Like a bit, it's a big rock, basically. Mm-hmm. It's about half the size of a soccer ball. Uh, I heard is big and huge. It's like a decorative stone that yeah. you guys have in Weymouth. I, I don't know. Well, they use it to decorate the lawns or yeah. inside of the house, depending. Now, this is from the eyewitness that came out of his house once a rock was thrown into his window. Mm. Michael Chesna walks up with his gun pointed, you know, 45 degree angle down to the ground. He's saying, drop the stone or drop the rock, drop that, drop that. This guy, Emmanuel Lopes, has it above his head, kind of like a, you know, how Donkey Kong would throw a barrel, if you think, like kind of yeah, Power Man throwing. Like two it. hands. Yeah, two hands. And he's about 10 to 12 feet away. 
from Michael Chesna. He launches the rock overhead style, and it hits the police officer, Michael Chesna, in the face <gasps> and head. Oh, my gosh. Now, most likely— That's a long throw. That's like—he must have been a shot putter or something in the Yeah, it was—because those are pretty—it looked like a pretty heavy rock, hmm. you know? And anyway, oh. from the reports that I've seen, it's most likely right then he lost consciousness. And his his weapon, his Beretta that they use in the police department, actually mm-hmm. fell by his legs— by his feet. Mm-hmm. And the guy calmly walked over, well, briskly, Emmanuel Oaks briskly walked over there. He picked up his weapon and discharged that weapon five times in the police officer's head oh my and gosh. three times in his torso. Oh my gosh. Including one misfire because he actually picked up the gun by the trigger and it misfired, accidental fired into the patrol car oh my goodness but after that he did five in the head and then three in the body officer down we need more help here he has a weapon sit down officer down get as much help here as we can now this is yeah so you want to weigh in on this shannon (laughs) just you know why like you already got him down and then um, after he did that, he took off running. He ran behind the house in the woods. This reminds me of the Sean Gannon story. The Yarmouth police officer who was killed on the, in the line of duty probably a couple months before this happened or after. Yeah. It, yep. They yeah. mentioned that on the news, too. It was like the past two in just like a handful of months and yeah. then there's some more too and i went like, to throughout the country yeah i went to school with his uh his sister and knew his brother so that was kind of that hit close to home for me but that's this story reminds me of that one i'm surprised you guys haven't heard of this story i have actually. oh have you I, yeah. I mean this was a very popular oh now i remember this case. yes okay a lot of friends and family like i'm from that this very close to this area so there was a lot of like Facebook sharing about this particular case. Uh, I didn't know the details, but I just knew that an officer was shot and killed. Yeah, and what's even like, I mean, if you can't get any more tragic than that, uh, like Shannon said, he took off running. Mm. Now he still Piece has the shit. weapon in his hand. Now I want to oh. say when police actually picked up the shell casings, there were 16 shell casings altogether. Whoa, damn. Which, which means we got nine right now, right? right? One misfire into the patrol car, eight or eight total into the uh, downed officer. Right. Where'd the others go? Did he shoot the witness? Well, he, he shot... No, he didn't shoot the witness, which will come into play, but he shot four times at two other officers. So they give chase, because they just saw their, you know, comrade... Uh, fellow police officer get shot like this. So they gave chase and they started shooting. Murphy takes a shot at Emmanuel Lopez, like through his window. And he actually does get him right in the knee. They receive four bullets from Emmanuel Lopes. So now you got nine plus four, which is 13. So now there's three more shots because they found 16 shell casings. He goes down 100 Tory Street, the uh, oh, Tory Street yeah. apartment, or is it a duplex? Or Oh, like, no, this is just a, a little neighborhood. There oh. might be some two-family houses, but it's um, houses. 
Oh, now I don't know the exact what actually happened here because this is the one thing I need to try to go back and figure out. But he did discharge three more shots into one of these homes, 100 Tory Street. One shot goes into the uh, door frame. And the other two shots hit a 77-year-old woman. Oh, my God. One of the shots, the fatal shot, was straight through her heart. (gasps) Oh, no. So not only did he kill a police officer, he also killed an elderly woman. Oh, my God. So that's that's the story I've been dealing with all day. Thank you, Shannon. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. I mean, it's a—this story—no other podcast I could tell wants to cover this story. That's why, like— you know, I, I wanted to, I was trying to think about how the best to do it, you know, and get all the facts out. So was this guy on drugs or I don't mean to skip, maybe skip ahead, but I mean, like, it's not like a seven year old lady is going to come after you and attack you. There's no self-defense there, buddy. He lived a, a, a certain type of lifestyle um, and he was no stranger to the police. Mm. Um, so that gives you a little glimpse as to his little personality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a regular piece of shit. Thug. Before I get into him, okay, you got a police officer that got killed in the line of duty. That happens. That is awful. But sad but true. What's really mm-hmm. sad is now there's a widow with two small children because he had a wife. Right. And now she... And if you go to her Facebook page, the first thing you see is re- like a remembrance uh, with Michael's picture on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Jen, I'm going to send you two pictures. Um, it says his funeral procession okay. in case you guys want those. Okay. Yeah, my mom works right off the highway, so she got to see all. Oh, this. wow. It was really sad. Those men and women put on that uniform every single day knowing that that could be how their day goes. Yeah. And yeah. Not knowing if they'll come it's home. It's scary. Yeah, it's very scary. I I don't know how like police officers, especially, but firefighters too. I I just don't know how they do it. I think they should be paid a lot more than they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to get on a little soapbox here, but I just don't understand. I mean, I I do, and I don't understand what the whole stigma is against police officers. Like, there, I'm not saying that. Every police officer is a saint. There's definitely crooked cops out there and and people that, you know, don't respond appropriately. But as a whole, like, the whole rah-rah against the police force, like, these people are protecting you and, you know, they're they're just, they're out there doing a job. So, I mean, I'm a huge police supporter and I just don't understand the the other side. I mean, I do, but I don't. We take it for granted. You know, because we yeah. I mean, they really do keep us safe. See, so look through these pictures and you can see oh, like, no, he was you so see, young. Yeah. yeah and he, he was, was uh, not only that, he was an Iraq and uh, Afghanistan uh, veteran. And I actually think I was overseas with not I mean, I, I don't know him, but he's he went to Fort Drum and he had a um, I think it was a 10th ID patch. And those guys were over there around the time I was in Afghanistan. Hmm. So I kind of oh, wonder wow. if he. We we may have ran into each other's paths, but um, wow, yeah. I mean, it's so sad going through and seeing the pictures of the wife, the now widow, Mm. you know, and the two kids. uh, I mean, they're small kids. I don't know. 
I know him and his family, they lived in Hanover. Um, that's the town that Teresa lives in. Yep. So not too far away. But when this all happened, though, like, all the communities around us, like, really banded together. Like, everybody put up um, their black flags with the blue stripe. A lot of people put blue lights on their house lights. So at night, like, the whole street was, like, blue. It was just really sad. After all that happened, there was a, a fund made, and they ended up raising enough money to cover the mortgage, some other expenses. Oh, wow. like little kids all over town made lemonade stands oh, um, wow. to raise money. It was really sweet. That's that's amazing. Mm. That's so good to hear the community come together in such a tragedy like that to take care of the family. That's really wonderful. Is yeah, this- and I know um, they got to the kids got to drop the puck at one of the Bruins games. Um, and Charlie Aww. Coyle was there for it. Yeah, Charlie Coyle from Weymouth. Little shout out. Oh. <laughs> Who? Who? Is he a hockey? Charlie player? Coyle. He- yeah, he plays for the Boston Bruins now. He actually grew up um, across the street from my cousins. Oh, oh that's cool. You know Great. what? The one thing we don't have down here is, you know, hockey. Well, they, they have do. the Stingrays. Sting oh, my God. That's not hockey. You <laughs> can still, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the, can go to the a, game. It's not a, it's not an, uh, no, I'm saying like. It's not NHL. No one down here. We no, don't do no one cares about hockey. Again. Nobody cares about basketball. Nobody I cares care about, about basketball. No, no, no. I'm saying yeah, down you're not here. From here. Oh, yeah. I'm saying nobody cares about basketball. Nobody cares about. Well, nobody cares about baseball down here either. All the river dogs, but. But anyway, let me let me get to this guy. Oh, let me get to what happened the morning, the same morning, but prior. Okay. All right, and you can just stop me whenever, Shannon, if I say anything, you know. Or if you want to add you anything. Got it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. This is what we know on July 14th in the early morning of 15th. This is about uh, six hours before this incident takes place. Lopes was with his girlfriend and staying the night. Now, the car was actually not his girlfriend's. It was his girlfriend's mother. Three, six, six, control. Who does the car come back to on the vehicle that's fled? Comes back to a Carolyn Cronin, 121 Rustic Drive, this town. We also know between 5.30 a.m. and 7 a.m., he takes his girlfriend's car, which is that white BMW. He calls her on her cell phone. I guess he's got her cell phone, and then he's calling her house phone or something. I couldn't really figure that out. But when during the arraignment, the attorney, the, the Commonwealth attorney, said that he made the call first to his girlfriend around 7 a.m. At 7.16 a.m., she sent several texts saying that she was about to call the police because, you know, you stole my car. Weymouth Control to 834. 834. Hey, I just got a 911 call from um, the registered owner's daughter of that white BMW, um, Mary Cronin, stating that her boyfriend, Manny Lopez, 10-4-1997, was acting erratically, had bipolar issues and manic episodes. Took the car about 30 minutes ago. She said he was wearing a yellow sweatshirt. And um, let me run that name for you, Manny Lopez. I believe that was the operator. Now, before he lost control, because he ends up losing control, this is right before the 911 call, probably 7.32 or something a.m. He loses control and crashes into that other car I was telling you about Mm -hmm. at the intersection of Columbia Road and Route 18, right by the South Shore Hospital. And that's when he... 
gets out and knocks on the window, and that's when the story takes place. Emmanuel Lopes, this is from what his attorney, his public defender, was saying. Emmanuel Lopes is a 21-year-old man who's suffering from a mental illness. In fact, hmm. at one point, a little over five years ago, he took a pair of scissors and cut his own neck. Oh, no. Now, this is yeah, when he was still in... Yeah, that happened at school. Did you go to this guy's school? Yeah, he went to school with me. So you knew him? Um, I didn't know him personally because we had a lot of kids at our school, but I knew people who were close to him. And, um, you know, it was... That was a weird day. <laughs> did he do this? Did he do this in school? Like in the classroom? Yeah. No. So it was between periods. Oh, okay. Um, so Weymouth High School is set up in two buildings, and then we have two hallways connected them. There's the front connector, which is shorter, which was, you know, the busier one, and then there's the back connector, which was longer. So this happened during switching of classes, and the maroon side of the front connector near the maroon office that's where he took the pair of scissors and slit his throat during oh, the school day. And Jesus. if I'm remembering correctly, I think the school got put on lockdown. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, that only yeah. makes sense because you, you don't, I mean, even though he slit his own neck, like you don't know what else he's going to do. Yeah, if he's, yeah. yeah. In your opinion, because I, I didn't actually see the in his scar, he had his head down. I couldn't actually see a scar. Plus he has kind of some, a beard, you know. Mm. So d- did he actually cut himself to kill himself or was it kind of to... You know, like invoke a fear. like invoke fear kind of thing. No, I know he does have a history of mental illness. Um, before all this happened, his mom did try to get him into programs. Yeah, obviously wasn't too successful, and he was not too successful that day. But he's just always signed, shown signs of like erraticness. And the young girl that I know that, for whatever reason, found herself in the same social circle as him. I keep telling her he needs to evaluate circle of friends and Hmm. um, they're hanging out one day and just out of nowhere he chucked or I don't even know like if that's the right word to use like I don't know but he just like launched a weed grinder at her head no reason what yeah and so she has a scar on her head from it (gasps) what you need to stop hanging around these type of people (laughs) oh my god now he was he was actually selling drugs at one point and and I'll get into that because yeah. He actually was selling drugs to underage kids, and, of course, he got released on a $500 bail, which was ridiculous, but I don't want to get into that right now. But so do you think he was on drugs during this event? Oh, most definitely. He was selling Coke um, on his, like, social media pages. He was always posting, like, drinking Henny and yeah. Liddy and posting yeah. weed. Like, is, he was into all that stuff. Is that why like, he has so many social media pages? I found... Uh, two. I found two hmm. Instagrams and two Twitters from him. Yeah, I know after he got arrested, he did make a new one I read and put up like a pseudonym name. Yeah, uh, Wright um, Simpson. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because we're looking at it now. That's him. He's doing hmm. this video up here. It's like a rant about Donald Trump, and you oh. can really see the guy's personality. Hmm. Yo, right now, I'm in Weymouth, you know what I'm saying, on Elm Street. I just want to say fuck Donald Trump. Ooh, shit. I almost just fucking died. I, I just want to say, I'm walking down the street. Fuck Donald Trump. He's a piece of shit. He's racist, okay? And he's arrogant. And he has no fucking... He has no vision for us humans. He only cares about himself. He's going to watch everybody die. He's going to watch all you guys fucking die. Donald Trump. 
Because that motherfucker is keep wishing your life away. Just keep being a slave to Donald Trump. And watch them lions that y'all dream about at night come alive in the nighttime, motherfucker. You stupid ass motherfuckers. Keep voting for Donald Trump. Keep doing it. Keep killing yourselves. Yeah, I think that one was posted like 12 hours before all this happened. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's just so extreme. And so anyway, his lawyer was trying to not say that this guy's mentally insane, but just get him in the hospital for an evaluation. Um, he said he had su- suicidal ideation, obviously. He cut his neck with the scissors like Shannon was telling us about. Yeah. Now, his cell phone within within the same hours up to the event show that he was texting quote this is what his attorney says nonsense and videotaping himself talking nonsense he was also telling people that the martians have landed and his mother and friends were in danger of being harmed but like was this under the influence of drugs or this is when he was clean because that's i mean it's kind of sounding like he may have been a paranoid schizophrenic or showing some schizophrenic signs, but but it depends if he was under the influence or not. That's a good question. I have not been able to figure that out yet, but I can tell you that he was deemed competent by the experts at the Bridgewater Bridgewater State Hospital. Now that hospital that hospital is designed for pre trial inmates to get evaluated. Mm-hmm. Is that correct, Shannon? Do you know that about correct. Yeah. yeah, that's the it's oh, a mental hospital. It's a, a mental institution, isn't it? But it, isn't it just still, Shannon? Yeah, I believe it's just a mental hospital. Yeah. We're reading now from the Patriot Ledger. This is from uh, December 21st, 2018. If you can go ahead and read this, Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Someone can read it. I'll read it because that was published on my birthday. There doesn't seem to be any doubt about that at all. Judge Thomas Connor, Judge Thomas Connor said at a court hearing Friday in Norfolk Superior Court where Lopes is facing 11 charges, including two counts of murder and armed assault with the intent to murder involving a firearm. In November Lopes, 21, was committed to Bridgewater State Hospital to undergo 20-day psychological evaluation to determine whether he is competent to stand trial. He had previously been held at a county jail since July 15th arrest for the shooting deaths of Weymouth Police Sergeant Michael Chesna and Weymouth resident Vera Adams. What what do you think, Shannon? Do you think, um, I mean, tell us about his his circle of friends, because I know you said you're you know, you have one friend that hangs out in the same circle. What What is that circle exactly? Well, this girl used to be one of my employees, so she was a few years younger than me. But, you know, he just hung out with the kids that, you know, you don't want your kids hanging out with. Like, all of his friends have the same type of social media presence, like, that type of thing. Like, they're all into, you know, getting together, getting high, yeah. getting drunk, driving around the cars, probably blasting music that nobody wants to listen to. Yes. You can hear their bass from a mile away. Yes. And He's, yeah. I don't know who, I actually don't know who his girlfriend is, but if I was her, I would move and change my name and try to erase any type of evidence that I dated that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you said that about his girlfriend, because I do want to bring this up right quick. The headline of this, this is from, do you know a site called Turtle Boy Sports? Carol Boys Sports is hilarious. Yeah. There's a lot of 
Weymouth people who end up on that site, and they all probably are from the same circle of friends. Oh, so what it's is a Turtle Boy it's a legit. Is it a legit source? So I can actually. Yeah, it's a bunch <laughs> of people trolling on them, but it's, they're pretty accurate in what yeah. they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they they say. Um, I was like reading one of their articles, and they said um, they were blacklisted from Google and Facebook. I guess people because I mean they're telling the truth, and people don't like that. But this. Uh, headline says, nursing student Mary Cronin, girlfriend of Weymouth cop killer, was at scene of the crime on 911 tapes, didn't report mom's car stolen until after crash. She's a nursing student and... She's very pretty. Yeah, so I don't understand why she was with him. What was her name? Uh, I'm going to look her up. Cronin? Yeah. Cron- Mary Cronin. Okay, looks like she's still nursing, according yeah. to her Facebook banner. So I wouldn't hire, honestly, I don't know. She definitely I, doesn't make wise decisions. No, fuck no. His attorney also pointed out that he was shot in the knee. The police that gently put him in the cop car, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they made him hit his head a little bit. But Oh, they, yes. This part. <laughs> yeah. Well, he so, was shot and he... Oh, go ahead. So what happened was he did get shot in the leg. I, I think it was below the knee. But they didn't realize he had actually gotten shot until, like, they basically got back to the police station. So then from there, they had to go back to the hospital. Yeah. Convenient. They didn't know that he was shot. Oh, I didn't even think about that because I was actually thinking they didn't know because the attorney used that kind of, like, as he's crazy because he was saying nonsensical sentences in the cop car, he was banging his head on the plexiglass. He was saying all this random stuff, and then he finally... Now, it takes three minutes to get from where he was to the police station. So he finally said, I've been shot, and that's when they noticed that he was shot. When they pulled him out, he was nearly fainted, and there was blood everywhere. The, so the attorney was trying to play it like, well, this because he's crazy. He doesn't even know he's shot. He's on on Mars or something. Yeah, and after he was shot... He still continued to run, and then, so he's bleeding, and then he shoots Vera Adams, so. Yeah. From, Um, you know, first glance, it looks like, you know, oh, he's fine. He's still running, so. Yeah. I understand why they didn't notice at first, especially with all his rambling. Yeah, and it, well, South Shore Hospital states that he was also talking nonsense, denying hallucinations, although he was talking to people who weren't there. He was agitated, and he was talking about seeing Jesus Christ. Now, this is, went on for hours and hours. Now, this is trying to paint the picture that he's crazy. But then if you look at his Instagram feed and all this or whatever it's called, you just see you don't really think he's crazy. You just see a thug. Would you really be—if it was normal behavior for him to go on rants like that, you know— Maybe you think that he was just passionate about something, but when you throw in, you know, talking to people who aren't there and seeing Jesus Christ, that's like I said before, those are those are positive symptoms of a schizophrenic. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, why did they deem him competent to stand trial? Well, did he I mean, was maybe he realized the situation that he was in, knowing that he just killed a police officer. So maybe he maybe he was feigning. That that whole incident, you know, during that evaluation, I don't know. All right, Shannon, tell us everything you know about the case. And you said you there were some good things after. Um, yeah, so 
after all this happened, like I said earlier, like the town really came together. Every, a lot of people fundraised, like they got their mortgage paid off plus some. There's now a bridge that connects Weymouth to Quincy. It's the Four River Bridge, which has been a project for, I want to say, like two centuries now. Hmm. It's finally Bridges finished take and they named it after Michael Chesna. Oh, that's and nice. We're, they're building a new library. They're replacing Tufts Library. That's in Weymouth Landing. If you keep following Route 18 down, you'll eventually get to the landing. Yeah. Um, but I believe that they're going to be naming one of the reading rooms after Bear because apparently she really liked to read. Aww. So that's really sweet. And, yeah, um, I, I just really can't imagine what it's like for the wife. And if you watch the video recording of the courtroom. Yeah. Um, it's she awful. screams out at one point. Yeah. And it's just so heartbreaking. It really is. It's terrible. And it he's really just is. sitting there. Yeah. And e- even, I mean, honestly, this is how bad this but, case was for me to research. When I was watching the arraignment, which was a 19 minute video, I'm putting all these links and videos on talkmurder.com for you guys. Cause it's definitely worth watching, but I actually had to pause the video and get all the information off the transcripts that YouTube gives because you could hear the wife in the background. And since I had to turn it up to understand Boston accents, it was just so heartbreaking because she's sobbing her eyes out. She's a brand new widow. Like her, I mean, her life is, you know, she, uh, it's just a shitty situation. It's awful. This is an awful story. So uh, I know we talked about like he has some mental issues. But was he on drugs that morning? I'm really not sure. Hmm. Like, I haven't read anything. I wouldn't be surprised, but. I mean, who does drugs that early in the morning? Well, drug if you're a drug addict, addict it doesn't night. matter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think it, I, it, not that it, like, lessens the case, but I just wonder. I don't know. It sounds like from some of his rants, like, some, maybe maybe the drugs triggers that type of mood and behavior. I don't know. Well, I mean, it depends on what he took. I mean, Shannon, you were saying he dealt, you know, cocaine. What else did he deal? I mean, yeah. everything. Probably, you know. yeah. Because, is, you know, yeah. not the best place, but I'm pretty sure you can easily find, you know, some recreational activities. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound like he was smoking marijuana because that's that's more of a depressant it's not gonna that it's not a, an upper it's probably something like cocaine or some type of stimulant to yeah to trigger that erratic oh, that shit they take in florida where they run bath around salts. and fucking eat people's faces and <laughs> yeah, shit bath salts. Oh, no 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 that's a conspiracy i fully believe that there's zombies yes i never it's heard of this <laughs> that is awesome hey you never know you never know. I John did a thinks... quiz on Facebook, and I'm only supposed to live two weeks in the zombie apocalypse because you know I'm just going to give up and it's just going to happen. And, oh, I'll know, last I'm like two... my fate. I'll I'll <laughs> last like two hours. I'll just cry in a corner, and someone will come eat me. You know, I I do want to throw this in there. So I was watching this Vice documentary about this African country. I think it was Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. There's this parasite, and it starts with a Z, but when it bites you or gets into your system somehow you actually die, then the parasite infects your nervous system and your brain, and you actually walk around, but only for a few minutes. So you're actually a zombie. It's a real thing. It's totally real. Whoa. But it only ha- and you but you don't go and try to eat brains or anything. You're just it's like a chicken with Until head cut it off. mutates. <laughs> 
Anyway, what's your thoughts on that, Shannon? Um, Yeah, and that's just the beginning of the end right there. There you go. Maybe (laughs) that's how it starts is a parasite. I used to have, like, a series of zombie-related nightmares. Oh, my gosh. it, It was bad. Like, I couldn't watch The Walking Dead. Like, growing up, like, I remember watching Shaun of the Dead, which is a comedy, yes. and just fully losing my mind. We what? started to watch that. We started to watch that here one I've day. seen that a lot of times. It. It's really funny. I met a guy from the uh, CDC, the, you know, Department yeah. of... Uh, Center for Disease Control. Yeah, so they, they basically map out what happens in mass panic scenarios, and I was talking to the guy, and, and he would... I swear to God he said this. He said... They always plan for the worst event that could ever happen, and that's a zombie apocalypse because that covers all the bases Mm. of everything, like spreading viruses, anarchy, food shortages. And he was serious. Like, that's their protocol is have a plan for a zombie apocalypse. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? That's cool. That's a fun little nugget. Yeah. I got a lot I'm of glad nuggets. They're preparing for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like they don't I don't know if they've gone very far with it, but we you know. Uh, there was one time one of one of my uh coworkers and I went out for a drink after work and we were talking about a zombie apocalypse and we were like picking teams to see like <laughs> who we would get for the zombie apocalypse. It was like a zombie apocalypse. Draft. <laughs> like like in um like you're in middle school and you go alternate between who captains they pick who's on your team. I want you. Hi. Kind of, it kind of, not you. Like we had like the sweetest little lady at the front door, Jan. She was, uh, love her. She's like the best. I need to go visit her when I'm home. Um, but I was like, someone has to save Jan. Like I will take her. He's like, what is she gonna do? Like clip their receipts and have it say have a nice day. I'm like, no. Like someone needs to save her and protect her at all costs. Jan is not useful to you, Jan. In the zombie apocalypse, she's dead weight. Dead weight. What the fuck? I don't know. We're just. I don't know who Jan is. It's an old lady who works at BJ's. Who would be dead weight in a zombie apocalypse? You don't know that. She's sassy. She could sass those zombies. I don't know. Sassy? I, I feel like a zombie apocalypse is going to be a physical thing. You need physical strength. I, just stay away from the cities. Don't go into the cities like everyone else is. You got to go and eat berries, snakes, and bugs, and ants, and critters in the woods. That's where I'm going. I'm going to Saluda County where my... Don't tell people! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blank that part out. I'm going to... They beep. go beep. <laughs> Where I'm, where my grandpa's got thousands of acres, and I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna eat bugs, I'm gonna eat squirrels, I'm gonna eat snakes. We can eat his cows, huh? We can eat his cows oh, only if they don't get mad cow disease. No, you don't want to eat the cows. Why? I was just gonna because they're gonna produce milk. Yeah. Oh. All right, Shannon. Well, I'm gonna click the off button, and we're going to depart until we see you on the eighth. See you in two mm-hmm. weeks. Uh huh. See you on the 8th. I can't wait to drink beer. The beers are so good. Yay! Yes, yes, We're yes. so excited. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join. Become a talk supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. Here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time. Respect the men and women who serve our country every single day in and out.